0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here we go. You do it. Hello, and welcome to the Renaissance English History Podcast. This is Heather Tesco, and I'm a storyteller. And you are... I... Hello... uh, Hello... uh, I don't know what Hello, and welcome to... Say that... We'll do a little bit of time. Hello, welcome to the Renaissance English History Podcast. To the Renaissance, Verlon English English History History, History Podcast. Podcast Podcast. Excellent. If you haven't guessed, this is a very special episode. And I, my name is Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's Anna Hannah's helping me with this episode because it's going to be very non-traditional. We are doing a Tudor bake-along this week. So we're going to be baking some Tudor jumbles. And along the way, I'm going to tell you the history of the jumbles and the different ingredients involved. And we're going to talk a little bit about baking in Tudor England. But first... I want to take care of a couple of admin things with you. To start with, this podcast is a member of the Agora Podcast Network. Please check out the Agora Podcast Network for links to all of the great podcasts, mostly history, but some other ones that are part of the network. And also really important this month, there is a survey that we would like to get some information from our listeners of the various podcasts. So I have a link up on the England cast website and on all the social medias and we would really appreciate it. Side, right? It's a talk? microphone. Do you talk on the other side? You can talk in either side. So we would really appreciate your help filling that survey out. It will really make a difference to us as we continue to grow the network. Secondly I have a lot of patrons to thank. A lot of you have just become patrons of me, and I really appreciate it. So let me go through the list of the various patrons that I need to thank. Kathy, you are awesome. Jurgen, Cynthia, Judith, Kaylee, Kathy, Christine, Anetta, Candice, Rebecca from Tudor's Dynasty, a great website, Jenny, Al, and Shandor. And interesting, Shandor. yeah, exactly, Shandor, what is he he's right down there. Interestingly, only four of you are related to me. <laughs> So thank you to all of my patrons. And if you would like to support the podcast for as little as a dollar an episode, you can do so by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash nomad chick, N-O-M-A-D-C-H-I-C-K. That's a story in and of itself. Nomad Chick is my alter ego. That's the inner twenty-four-year-old in me who was going to start this website devoted to single women travelers back in 2001. <laughs> before uh, web 2.0 before HomeExchange.com, it was going to be a really cool site nomad chick. But anyway, it's remained my alter ego. So go to patreon.com slash nomad chick to support the podcast. All right, so now we're going to get down to baking and I'm going to hit pause and we're going to start baking. So I'm getting all of my ingredients together. The recipe that I'm making today is a Tudor jumble. Now this is a kind of cookie, we would call it. And it was very popular. It was very dense. Uh, You'll see the recipe is in the show notes for this episode at englandcast.com. So you can go there to get all of the information and pictures and everything like that. Um, But you'll see there's no baking powder in it. It just calls for flour sugar, eggs, mixed spices, I'm using cinnamon, vanilla extract, and a little bit of icing sugar, confectioner's sugar, just for dusting on top of it. And these are very, they were very hard, and they would be knotted together to make them easy to eat. And they would last up to a year. So you would use them, sailors would use them. um, When they were going on long trips, they were actually brought to America in the Mayflower. Martha Washington had a Popular recipe for jumbles. They first started making their appearance in England around the 14th century and they became very popular by the Tudor age. And so we're going to make these jumbles. Something else I want to talk about a little bit is just the history of baking. So during the 16th century, where we are at this point, baking is really changing because of trade and because of the new discoveries of the new lands suddenly there's a whole new world of ingredients that are opened up to people. In the 15th century, there were a lot of new spices that came as a result of the trade that came out of the Crusades. And in the 15th century, you saw a lot of of kind of new sorts of dishes that were a little bit sweeter. We're going to start baking soon. But by the 16th century... But by the 16th century, we really see this kind of explosion in ingredients because of all of the new ingredients that are available through globalization. And by the late 17th century, sugar became very inexpensive. So in the 16th century, sugar was still very expensive. It was about six times the price of honey. So most people used honey to sweeten their cakes and things like that. Queen Elizabeth is famous for having her sweet tooth and having all of her teeth were blackened, apparently, by the end. There's a story that it was popular at the Tudor court to blacken your teeth to show that you had money for sugar. Even if your teeth were good, you would put stuff on it to make it look like they weren't. Interesting story. And so we're going to go through and talk about each of the sort of ingredients that I'm using in these Tudor jumbles. And how they would have been sourced at the time period. So the first one is butter, which we're going to use to grease the pan. Butter was a hugely time consuming ingredient to make because you had to churn it for hours and hours and hours in a butter churn. And it stayed like this even their their 18th, 19th century butter churns that are, you can see in museums that are very similar to the ones that they would have used in the Tudor period. And it was really a a heck of a job to get butter. So, you know, I go to the store and buy butter, a big thing of butter for a euro, and uh, it's easy, but butter would have taken hours to make. It was a huge process. So that's the first thing. And then we're going to use the flour. And I want to say something about bakers and flour. In the Tudor period... There are lots of guilds, guilds, as we've talked about before, guilds for all the different professions. They were almost like unions, but not really. They kind of governed who could join and who could um, participate in that profession. And the baker's guild set the price of bread and it set basically how you could use the mills. And it set a lot of stuff around bread. And when there were shortages, and when there was um, when there were bad harvests, the queen or the king would tell them that they had to lower the price of the bread. And so they had to lower the price of the bread, but that would that wouldn't be subsidized by the monarch. It was something that the bakers themselves had to had to eat that um, had to eat that loss. So the baker's guilds were really, really um, strong in being able to, to set the prices of bread and determine who could become a baker and who would participate in that. So to get the flour, interestingly, most of the bread that people ate in the Middle Ages, in the early Renaissance period was unleavened. They didn't really use yeast as a leavening agent until later in the Renaissance period. So it was just starting to change by this point. Yeast was used for pastries and for desserts, but not really for bread. So they still made unleavened bread very carefully. It was made very thin. A lot of times they would put their meal on top of it. It was called a trencher when you would put your meal on top of the bread and then you would eat the bread. And it was almost like the plate. So you'd use the bread as a plate. And that was called a trencher. Most people ate bread that was really kind of... Um, coarsely ground. It wasn't processed that much. It would have been used with rye and barley flour. It could contain pieces of tree bark or dirt or anything that would blend with the darker brown color. White flour and white bread developed as sort of um, a status symbol. So wealthy people would feel that they were getting a, a better product free of any kind of dirt or anything like that, that the poor people might be getting. So white bread, white flour was definitely really expensive, and was something that um, that the wealthy people would have. And bakers in the Middle Ages also developed the first forms of biscuits. I always, I thought it was interesting when I first moved to London, and I saw McVitie's Digestive Biscuits. Which sounded really healthy, like, oh, I'm gonna have a digestive biscuit now. It sounds almost like I'll have a salad and a digestive biscuit to finish it off. But, you know, once you look at it, McVitie's are not particularly healthy. But at the time period, digestive biscuits actually were something that you would eat after your really big meal. So you'd have this, you know, really big feast if you were a monarch and you would have 50 dishes given to you. And then you would eat a digestive biscuit to help settle it down and to help you digest your food. So that's where the idea of a digestive biscuit even comes from. And so what we're making these Tudor jumbles are sort of similar to a digestive biscuit in a sense. Um, they're they're a form of that. So I'm going to get started and mix my my ingredients up. Hey Hannah, do you want to come help me? Yeah. So I am using just self-rising white flour. What's that? Thing? That's the dish that we're going to stir it all together in. So the first thing we're going to do, it costs for 440 grams. If you're in the U.S. and use cups, a gram of flour is about, or a cup is about 110 grams. So you want to use just a little less than four cups or so. And of course, <laughs> measurements as we know it didn't actually come around until oh, about the early 20th century. There's a really wonderful book called Consider the Fork. It's a food history book. And they talk a lot about the history of utensil or not of measuring cups. and Well, they talk a lot about the history of all kinds of food. It's a really great book. You should check it out. I'll add it into the show notes. Maybe that'll be the book recommendation for the week. That's the two. So, flour. So, what I'm using right now, this white flour... Regular people in Tudor England would not have had a bag of white flour like this. You would have had to have harvested your own grain. I need one more, sweetie. Harvested your own grain, taken it to the mill. You would have had to pay the miller or, you know, somehow bartered to be able to use the mill. Ground it up. And, uh, of course, mostly, it, like I said, it would be very coarse. It would probably still have dirt and twigs in it. That's okay. We're done with the flour there. I'm never on the sink. Mm, I don't think put it in the sink yet. I'm not sure if I need it. Hang on. Yeah, 150 grams of sugar. This is a recipe that I got off of BBC Good Food. Um, and I'll add the link. And I'm just changing it a little bit based on the ingredients that I could get. So, I hold it? Yeah, you can hold it. All right, so we're going to do that. And pour that in a little, careful. Good. And then a little bit more. Okay, that's good. And these are these biscuits are or these jumbles are going to be really kind of hard because um, they were designed to keep for a long time. So it's not going to be a nice doughy sort of thing. Um, I'm just looking at this; like, doesn't look Mine like it's going to be very smooth based on the ingredients we have. Oh, you're flattening it out. Yeah. All right. Now I'm adding in the eggs. I've got two eggs. I'm going to add this in, okay? There. Good job. One egg, two eggs. Here. You have to put it in eggs, of course, are something that most people would have had. Chickens. Eggs were a very popular thing here? to eat. Yeah, you can put that in there. I'm done. Now we need to get a spoon. Let me get you a big spoon. Eggs were very popular because you could easily harvest them yourself. Everybody had them. And they there were all sorts of recipes. If you search through... In English Renaissance recipes there's all sorts of recipes but most people would eat them scrambled because that was kind of the easiest thing. Honey I think I'm gonna to need to add a little bit more liquid to that sweetheart. What's liquid? Like water? Okay and then we're gonna add some vanilla extract. Now vanilla is something that uh, was would have been very very new. This is something that came through trade and it would not have been widely used at this period this is something that only the wealthy people would have been able to really afford was vanilla but i just have a little bit of vanilla extract right here i'm gonna pour in you want to help me with that good perfecto and then it calls for mixed spice i'm just going to use some cinnamon because that's what i have Uh, you could use pumpkin pie spice if you're in the u.s and i'm not sure what different kinds of things they sell Um, But you really just want to use something to give it a little bit of extra flavoring. Mm -hmm. Saffron would have been popular. I'm going to get one spoon to find the stuff out and the spoon to mix. Oh, well, no, we're not going to spoon it out yet, no, because we still have to add some other things. So it calls for a half a teaspoon of mixed spice along with a quarter teaspoon. What's that? This is cinnamon. A quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract. It? Yeah, it smells delicious, doesn't it? So this, again, cinnamon, mm-hmm. this is another uh, new spice that would have been brand new for people. Or not new, new, but recent. Cinnamon smells <laughs> good. Cinnamon does smell <laughs> Yeah, it does. And then we're also going to add in about 50 milliliters of water, it says. So, so are we going to give you two? Who are we going to give these to? I'm not sure. I mean, are we going to eat them? Maybe we will. Help me do some conversion here, Hannah. What's conversion? Conversion is a cup equals 230 some odd milliliters. So I want 50 milliliters. So that's about a quarter cup. A little what? bit more than a quarter cup. Can I have it? No, I'm using it for this. Alright, so we're going to put in a quarter cup and then a little bit more. Wait, wait. Can I hold it and dump it in? Yeah, you can hold it and dump it in right there. Be careful. Okay, so now we're gonna mix this all up. So again, we have butter for greasing the pans. We have flour, self-rising flour. Oh, can you turn that off please? Watch out, don't fall. Um, yeah? I just wanted some water in
1: here. Well, we don't need water
0: in there yet. We're done. I just wanted to do it What? For- oh, you wanted to drink it. Yeah. And then we have to do that, sugar, Please. eggs, spice, vanilla extract, and then some confectioner sugar, icing sugar, which again would have been very expensive for people can I put it in here? Uh, What I need to do it says so we're gonna mix this all up and it says that if it's still quite dry, you can add a little bit more water just a little bit at a time until it's uh, until it will come together. It's gonna be crumbly but you just need it to come together in one piece. So I'm gonna add water a tablespoon at a time, it says. So, let's go over here to this thing. Yes. Yes. You can do it like this. Diana, what we're doing right now, what I really love about this is that we are participating in something that people have participated in since the beginning of time, which is mixing together ingredients into a different kind of food. And we have modern versions of the same kinds of ingredients that people used 400, 450 years ago to make these. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. So right now, Hannah, you are bonding with people from 450 years ago. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. You want me try a piece of the dough? Yeah. Mm, tastes spicy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't taste spicy to me. No? Mm-mm. Mm. Tastes so taste enemy. And so the next step, now that I've got my dough all mixed up, is I'm going to flour a work surface and I'm going to roll them out into long strips. Almost like I'm from Amish country, the way they make pretzels, right? That's kind of what we're doing here. So we're going to roll them out into a long strip and then we're going to put them into a knot. We're going to tie them up into whatever kind of knot shape we'd like. And then we're going to lower them into boiling water. Yeah, we're just gonna lower it into the boiling water and sit it, let it in the boiling water for a few seconds, and then when it rises to the top, we're gonna scoop it out with a slotted spoon, shake off the water, and put onto the buttered, greased tray. So again, I'm gonna make it into a, um, a long strip, tie it into a knot, whatever shape you'd like, and then put it into the boiling water for a few seconds, bring it out and put it onto the prepared, the greased um, baking sheet. Okay, we're going to do that now. So now I have gone ahead and put my cookie tray with my jumbles into the oven. And I'm cooking them at 180 degrees in a fan oven. I'll look up what the, um, the conversion is for that. And I'm going to let them bake for about 20 to 25 minutes, and then we're going to take them out and put a little bit of the confectioner's sugar on them. So in the meantime, while we're waiting, we'll listen to some music. Right there, you can use that. And now I took them out of the oven, and I sprinkled them with some confectioner sugar, and it's time for the, the big taste. So, family, would you like to taste? All right. This is a Tudor jumble. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Is it going to hurt my teeth? No, but you could take it on a ship, and it would last for a long time. Not bad, huh? Not bad. Not bad. So the official consensus, folks, is not bad. Well, I'd say it's actually pretty good. You think? Yeah. Cool. Mmm. Do you like it too, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Alright. Mm-hmm. So thank you much. So thank you so much for listening, everybody, and for participating in the Tudor Jumble Bake Along. Yum. If you make these, please send me pictures, post a picture on the Facebook page so we can see what yours look like and tell me what you think about them. And go to englandcast.com slash Tudor Baking for all of the links on the history of food, the Consider the Fork book, which is really great, the different Tudor recipe places, and the Agora Podcast Network survey, which we would really appreciate your help. It'll take you less than two minutes to fill out. And again, yeah, Englandcast.com slash Tudor Baking. Thank you so much to my wonderful patrons. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye bye. Blow, northern wind, a for baby sweating. Blow, northern wind, blow, blow, blow. Ich board in that Solis on sea.